what I'm saying. I mean, I know we're not 40 people here, but does anybody here have an IKEA catalog? No, I think this is all the information. What's a catalog? They, yeah, thank you, Austin. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who, who uses those anymore. You use it with the phone book, the yellow got, pages. Phone book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One, two, this thing on. Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. Uh, my name is Chris Flint, and I am joined today with a podcast full of people. I think this sets a new record, by the way, of a number of people on one podcast. Yeah. This could, it all could also be like a six hour podcast um, <laughs> because that's be. what we do. We have several folks here who. But it won't be. So don't turn us off. Right. We're on a tight, we're on a tight schedule. <laughs> <laughs> for a tight schedule i'll keep it short this this also makes us an international podcast oh yeah it does we'll get to that in just a moment um for the first time ever we are in um three or uh, two different time zones no we've had two, we've had two different time zones probably yeah maybe when, when no no we haven't either because no it doesn't <laughs> matter whatever um but we're in two <laughs> different time zones but they're not like consecutive time zones uh, one person on this podcast is half a day ahead of the rest of us. Anyway, that being said, we are um, still, Laura and I at least, are still recovering and celebrating our time at Youth 23 last week. Um was quite an experience. If you haven't had a chance to check out our recap episode from last week's episode, go back, check that out, like, rate, review it, all that good stuff. Uh, we are joined this week. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a ministry kid. And so in order to do that, we thought it would be cool to have some of our kids on the podcast. We did elect not to include Laura's kids. as uh, They're like, how are your kids, Laura? Five and four? And six and seven. Six and seven. Yep. Um, that's their not bedtime. podcast material. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could although, be. Although, that might be fun. I'm it telling may- you for me, not podcast material. <laughs> okay. For the lifters, it might be podcast gold. Who knows? That's also true. Um, so we're joined by some of our kids. We'll introduce those in a minute. Laura, why don't you introduce yourself and just, I don't know, tell us something random about yourself or just tell them who you are and we'll get into the content. I don't care. All right. Um, I'm Laura McLean from Knoxville, Tennessee. Chris doesn't care. So I don't care. Um, I'm going to tell you that I'm uh, sitting looking out my back window and a little raccoon family just came out in my backyard. So there Sweet. you go. The old, there's the old trash pandas. Random. Yeah, trash the old pandas. trash pandas. So if, we ask, if we ask Laura a question, she doesn't respond. It's because she's outside warding off, fighting off the raccoon family. from. Her yeah, trash. no, I'm not going to get close to them. I hear they're really mean that they you can't hear? be. Yeah, I mean, from, you... from from your neighbors or like those? No, 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 just raccoons oh. in general. Not these just... specific, not what's this that? specific family. Okay, guys, I, what's that? Um, what's that neighborhood app? I thought maybe I've been talking yeah. on that neighborhood next door. <laughs> yeah, Watch out all, for the little bandits. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a, we've got a clan of of very <laughs> aggressive and mean raccoons. Stay That's away. Right. <laughs> uh, Kay, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then uh, tell us who uh, introduce your your, your children. Yeah, I'm Kay Wolfinger, uh, live in Northeast Ohio, um, outside Akron, if you know where that is. Uh, served in ministry for 23 years. Yeah, LeBron's home. Um, served in ministry for 23 years and now at a nonprofit. Still with young people, still teaching um, leadership development, just in a different light. 
Um, and I have my two chickadees, as I call them. Chickadees. Chickadees. They're my little chickadees. Um, with us tonight, my oldest, Austin, who um, is now a civilian. Hey. Uh, new, new stage of life at 24. Are you? I don't know. Am I? I always ha I have to do I don't I'm not old enough to have a 24 year old, so I, I just I don't know. <laughs> I think, right? I think so. Okay. That's what you've told me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still twenty nine, so I the math just Austin's like I've been living a lot my entire life. I'm actually twenty seven. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because my mom didn't want to seem old. I've been four years older my entire life than I actually am. We've been yeah. celebrating leap year for I know <laughs> how many years. Fantastic. Welcome, Austin. And my favorite daughter and only Anna, who is 22. I do know her age. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Austin feels really good right now. Ooh. I know her age. Maybe she is just <laughs> your maybe she is just nice. your maybe I she's just, just your favorite. Birthday. If it's any consolation, I did just have a birthday, so okay. Yes, she did. Maybe yeah. that just proves she's just your favorite, not just a favorite daughter. I don't know. Right at I'm this point, I'd believe it. <laughs> Anna Hayes. I don't have favorite. For those of you that are longtime listeners, uh, you will recognize Anna's voice. Uh, she is a re repeat performer on the pod. So welcome back, Anna. Number three. Uh, this is like a trick. We yeah, did that's two the episodes. most, that's right? Yeah, the I'm most any guest has been on. He's been on almost as much as Caroline. <laughs> um, so I mean, you, we're going to put you on the website before too long, <laughs> Caroline. I love you. Um, my name is Chris Lynch, and I'm in the great state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State. Living in the upstate of South Carolina, I've been here for all of my uh, life, which has been a long time. And uh, I also have a 24 year old um, who is on the podcast with us. She is. Live from Japan, um, Yakuza, Japan. Yeah. Uh, we did not get um, her up in the middle of the night, but we got her up early in the morning to make fun, this fun thing story. Happen. You have a twenty. You have a twenty. You have a twenty-three year old. Uh, you'll be twenty-four. You were, you were close. I was close. <laughs> See, he doesn't know either. I'm well, not the only one. Well, she was born in ninety-nine, so it's twenty-three. That's twenty-four years. So, in That's literally good. in three months, in three months and three days, she will be. Um, well, let me rephrase that. For me, it's three months and three days. For her, it's three months and two days because she's a half a day ahead of us. <laughs> but she'll be 24, so I was close. She's my oldest of three daughters. Um, I have I have told folks from the day she was born that Lindy has two speeds: go and stop, and go is fast. Uh, so um, she's going to We're going to finish this podcast. The rest of us are going to bed. Lindy's jumping on a plane. Or a train, then a plane. Are you getting an automobile today, Lindy? Because then you could have like the planes, trains, and automobiles movie. Uh, yeah. And when we get, we're getting a rental car when we get there. So please, they have no idea, guys, what planes, trains, and automobiles even is. But it's a, it was an old John nope. Candy movie. It's really funny. Look, Anna it. knows. Oh, I guess Anna oh, knows. Good job. I was the only one that laughed. I got the joke. Oh, sweet! I'm glad no, top of it. Got Wait, but Lindy Can't didn't really. see where she's going. She, I was getting there. I'm going to Australia. Yep, Lindy's husband is weird for me to say, by the way. Uh, Lindy's <laughs> not husband a civilian. is not a civilian. He's in the Navy. And <laughs> Tragically. 
can I say that there? I hope I can say this. If not, I'll edit this out. But that his yeah, his, you can. It's good. Okay, yeah. his his ship is docked in Australia, so she's going to go from Japan to Australia. Basically, she's living all my Ooh. dreams, and I'm going to sit here and watch it from afar. Yeah. So anyway, Heck welcome, yeah. Wendy. No, you're good. Um, we Hello. are now not, we are now not just a, a podcast that has international listeners. We are, as Kay said, an international <laughs> podcast. Go us. We're just yeah. so fancy. Your international listener is maybe <laughs> <It's me. the laughs> same international guest, but it's fine. It may or may not be me, but it's correct. Fine. We cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> or deny. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, we thought it'd be fun. We we had a conversation uh, a couple weeks ago, Laura and Kay and I, about what it might be like to talk about uh, having family in ministry. And, and Laura is living in the midst of this right now. I, mean, I guess. I still am to some degree because my youngest is still at home. And my, my middle one is too now for that matter. She's in college and my oldest, my youngest is a, in high school. But in our uh, early years of ministry, because Kay and I were like 12 and we started and started having kids because we're so young. <laughs> um, mm. these, these three all grew up in the midst of us being in local church ministry and then some on conference level ministry. We thought it might be good to get their perspective for ministry leaders out there just as kind of have some conversation about what it's like being a ministry kid from their perspective. And that might help you as a ministry leader uh, to know, maybe have some pointers or some tidbits or some things from their perspective that help you as you raise your kids in ministry. So I think I want to start. We're gonna, so you're going to hear probably more from them than you will from us in this podcast. And um, I want to start and ask each of you, kind of what, what, is, what is like your fondest memory? It didn't necessarily have to be specific. What do you remember that was good? about what did you love about um about being a uh, the the uh a kid whose parent was in ministry in a local church or on a conference level i think too real quick though chris so austin was sorry i just want to for perspective austin yep. was um three months old when i started in ministry oh wow and so they have not and Lynn, right? You were in ministry when Lindsay yep. was born. I was, so, I was. I was three years in. They didn't know a world we weren't in. Yeah, right. I that's wanted to throw that out for perspective. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Anna, you want to go first on this one? What, what, what do you kind of say? What do you say is the best thing about being a ministry kid? Sure. Um, I would probably say the traditions that come with the lifestyle. Um, so obviously going to church on Sunday mornings was a big deal. Um, holidays, Christmas, Easter. Um, and I think my favorite like childhood memory of those traditions was, uh, the Christmas Eve service, which yeah. is no shock to my mom. Um, but I just remember, I mean, every year it was an expectation, not necessarily that it felt like a task, but it was just a, a blessing to go and a privilege to go. And, but I just remember like, you know, being a kid dressing up and going to that service, having the candle nice. lit um, part of it for the ending. Uh, we used to have a play when I was really young. And I remember asking every year if we were going to have it again. Um, but I was always so concerned to get home on time because I thought Santa was going to beat us to our house. So that's what I remember. most. <laughs> did, it, did he ever beat you to your house? No. Oh, we yeah, were watching on the Santa track when we got home, though. So awesome! And, yeah. went, and, and the and the brilliant thing was that they got you to go to bed really quick. And so yep. mom, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Lindy, let's get out of the Wolfinger family for a minute. What would you say was kind of the the best thing about growing up as a ministry kid for you? Yeah. So I had 
both. You were in local church ministry and also conference level yep. stuff when I was growing up. Fun, so I got fun, both sides of that. Yeah. So fun fact for Lindy is, so she was actually in my youth group for a year. And then I left local church youth ministry. Not so even. I, well, it was just shy of a year. So, so see, I jo- okay. I Austin I jo- missed. Go ahead. I was going to say I got out a year before Austin got in. <laughs> so I, I, jokingly yeah. told, I jokingly told Wendy that she was the reason I got a local church youth ministry. I couldn't take her in my youth group. So, yeah. Anyway. I drove them out. What was the best um, thing about it? Yeah. So, so the, when you were like, when you're doing youth things, um, I think that was super fun growing up. Cause I had like, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like I had like unlimited, like, older siblings all the time because like we were constantly going like I grew up going on like youth trips and like just hanging out with all those kids um and so that was like so fun like I mean I remember like I used to like beg mom to let me stay on Wednesday nights and like stay up to go to go hang out in youth group because I just thought they were like the coolest people I mean they were they were all pretty cool kids um but like that was like just the coolest thing for me and so growing up I felt like I had a lot of like older siblings um and that was a really fun experience that I feel like I, at least I know definitely a lot of kids don't get. Um, yep. So that was super fun. Um, There's a fun side like before coffee. you go to, before you go to the next one, Lindy, yeah. the, the fun thing is Wendy actually was, her due date was November 3rd. And uh, I knew I did a fall retreat usually the second week of November. And so that year we decided to do it in town. So I could stay at home with Michelle and eat in the night. So, but her, she came a week late. So literally, she was born on Wednesday the tenth. We had a retreat to start on the twelfth. So yeah, that oh, was gosh. fun. And then did she you went go? Yeah. yeah, I was there somewhat. So we had we brought in leaders. We kind of did like the old disciple now model. We had like small groups of homes. We had leaders that came in. And so I ran the leading thing, but I was yeah. there for a little bit of it for the worship stuff. And then she went on her first mission trip when she was like seven months old. Wow. Yeah, go, I did. Go that ahead, was Wendy, super sorry. fun. Um, no, I was gonna say so like the with the conference level stuff. I don't. I was older then, so I think maybe it, like, did it. Um, but we got to help out a lot and see it, like, I think definitely, well, okay, so, like, the thing that sticks out to me the most is that time in Chick-fil-A when you got recognized as the guy on stage from Revolution. Um, that was really, really fun. Like, some random kid comes up to us, and he was like, hey, and we were just, I didn't, we were at, like, I don't even know why we were there, but anyway, we really, and, really funny, and I was like. Chick-fil-A and Duncan, you had toured Gardner Like, Webb. in the middle of nowhere. It was so weird. Um, yeah. And yeah, he got recognized as the guy on stage from Revolution. So I, yeah, I think like with that being at like Immerse and Revolution, being at those events and we got to kind of like help out with those, like, because it was like a whole, like, you know, me and my sisters, we all went up there to like help out with stuff. Um, and like mom was there. And so I like getting to like be backstage for that stuff and like kind of help and like in that way serve yep. really young was super cool for me. Um, cool. Yeah, it was. That those those are probably I think those events and being there for those is probably the coolest Perfect. thing and like was definitely. Also, what would you say? So, I'm gonna go a different route and say that um, my one of my favorite memories was being at the church, not on Sundays, and running around and not getting yelled at like we did at home. <laughs> that uh, was a- playing we hide and seek. Um, yes. always having someone to play with and kind of getting that thicker skin from hanging out with the, um, middle school and high schoolers as uh, little kids. And then I would mm-hmm. say that led into one of my favorite memories, uh, 
luckily there's a spot open for a mission trip to New York and I was in fifth grade and I got to go with all the high schoolers and it was the coolest thing. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, yes. On that note, being in the church when nobody else is there, that was the best. And then you get to go down like our the secretary at our church had like a candy bowl. And so we would go down there because I would like go when I was like really little and we'd like be at the church in the middle of the day, like when nobody else is there. And we'd like go down to her office and like she would give us candy. It was so much fun. An absolute blast. <laughs> That's what I was, was like, going to say. I was surprised you all didn't say like there's a lot of privilege that comes <laughs> with yeah. being. Oh, for sure. Like that's what people when they're like, oh, I grew up in church. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I literally grew up like in a church yeah. building for the most yeah. part. Like I, we were there all the time. So I, <laughs> as I listen to you three say that, and you know, one of the things that you that I hear there is, for those of you who are are leaders in ministry and have kids that are involved in ministry, is that they're going to look back. That there are lots. Of, we'll get the negative here in just a minute. With the next question, but as far as the positives go, you know, I, I hope you hear there's some. Um, there's there's a lot of positive in including your kids in the ministry. Um, I think sometimes that there's this thing that yeah. we just that we just separate family and ministry, um, but it can end up being. Uh, I mean, obviously there's there's, plenty, there's there's bad there's some bad stuff too, which we get to in a minute. But any thoughts that you may have, Cara, which is Laura and Kay, I just shipped you guys yep. um, to make sure that came out clearly. Any thoughts you would have on what you heard about the positives that you would share with the, the listeners as far as that goes beyond that? Well, uh, this is helpful for me as having little ones um, and hearing you all as um, young adults and knowing what was helpful and what was fun. And because a yeah. lot of times, I mean, of course, I'm not in a local church, but uh, but I feel guilty when I drag them along and they have to like sit in the office or whatever, but, um, but then they bang on the piano and, you know, disrupt the whole office and love that. And you all have fond memories about those kinds of things. So that's fun to hear. I I appreciate that. There is hope. That's right. (laughs) So I would add too. I, you know, I said that I got out of local ministry and that was intentional because I wanted to, to not, you know, to let my kids kind of be, um, in youth group, although then I volunteered. So I w- was a Sunday school teacher. And did I do confirmation with your class, Anna? Yeah. I didn't with no, yours, no. but I did with Anna. So, I mean, I was right back in, but just as a volunteer. However, they followed me <laughs> to the conference. Austin <laughs> um, first by running um, as a district rep for CCYM and then Anna as well. And they both were. You can't pass over the story of when I told you that I made the delegate position. I know. I ran up to her after the um, election. Yeah, for the district. And she went, oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it, I don't know. It was. And so they, I know. And then they both ended up being um, chairpersons for CCYM. Um, and and yeah, I not just, biased. It was not biased. I don't have. I didn't have a vote. But um, it's just funny how you know you give them space, and then mm-hmm. they're right there with you. Which Kate was, was like, Kate was like, I can't get rid of them. She did do the same thing because I wanted to go to a mission trip on my own to Liberia. And then she's like, hold up, wait a minute. I got to go to Liberia before you. That's not true. I got invited (laughs) before you. She one-upped you. 
I will. Right. One for mom. Anyway. So <laughs> let's let's talk about if you had to kind of say what what was kind of the what was the downer or the negative that you felt of of being a, a ministry kid. What, how would you sum that up? Let's uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Lindy this time. Yeah. So let's see. We'll go two things. Um, one, and they're not really like super big, like horrible things. Just to preface, uh, don't get scared, Dad. Um, but yeah, I'm they. Um, so, now. We're so, yeah. <laughs> so so two things. Um, the first thing is that I think a lot of people, uh, like when I was older and like started going, um, like probably like high school, I think. Um, like we were obviously still going to the same church and so like even though you weren't like technically working there like obviously we were still you know fairly involved and so I, I remember like and just like meeting people like a lot of people asking me if I was gonna go do ministry mm-hmm. like if that was what I was gonna do um, like in college and being mm-hmm. like uh, no like not really at all because that's just not what I it was not gonna be for me Um, so it wasn't like a super like heavy negative thing but it was kind of weird to kind of try to like explain to people to be like because like high school like I didn't really know how to I didn't know what I was gonna do um but I just knew it wasn't gonna be that um so I was like uh, no. I didn't know what I was um, going I to think do a lot of, I knew what I was but not it gonna wasn't do. gonna be <laughs> it was not gonna be that um so that was like one thing that was kind of I think just different and it was kind of a little bit of like a weird expectation that I didn't expect at all I think and then the other <laughs> thing was um and I just forgot it Mm, what was the other thing oh like sometimes it was it was kind of weird like because okay so even after you were like not a the youth pastor at our church anymore you were still like mom still like was a volunteer and like still went on trips I think a couple at least um like Mm -hmm. that first year that I was actually in youth group um and so it was it was kind of weird to be and it was like mostly a positive experience um but it was kind of weird to be like a youth trying to do like youth group things on a trip and like nobody else's parents are there and like your mom is there. And so it's like, not that we were like doing anything that I would have been like, you know, embarrassed or whatever, but like it is because like, you know, you get into like those small group times where you're supposed to like talk about stuff. And there was like just some times where I was like, I don't know if I can like, if I should like say these things or like, if I say this, is she going to like ask me about it later? And like my mom probably wouldn't have because you know, like she's great, but it was still just like being in middle school. You're like, I don't know. So that was yeah. kind of weird. And sometimes I felt like it was like sort of a hindrance, but not like overwhelmingly, I think. So gotcha. yeah, just gotcha. those two things is the, the things that stick out to me. How about you, Austin? What would you say were the negatives of being a ministry kid? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Um, so I would say that um, there was... I don't know if this expectation is the right word, but it felt like, and, and think, not trying to stereotype uh, pastor kids, but blessed I was not a pastor kid. Um, <laughs> I think that there's this expectation that there we're supposed to be like perfect followers of Christ and that then we can't make any mistakes. So um then when you start to have your own difficulties or have difficult experiences, like I remember coming back from Africa, everyone's expecting you to say that the trip's outstanding. Sorry. And um, that it, it, it was an outstanding eye-opening experience, but there was still horrible things that you see and that 
no 15 year old in this country usually sees. So explaining that to other people and mm. kind of trying to identify what's going on there mentally is uh, a yeah, difficulty. Sure. So you kind of have to grow up quick and kind of try to figure out yourself and use resources and um, be able to help other people who go through that in the church at a young age. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. How about you, Anna? Um, I kind of have a different viewpoint. Um, Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> knowing that I've had a little bit of a different faith journey than the rest of my family members. Um, but I think, and my mom and I have had conversations about this before, where I know one of her regrets is she has always wondered if because her job was within the Methodist church, if that ever hindered our growth because we were stuck in that denomination. Um, mm. And I wouldn't say it necessarily hindered my growth, but I, it kind of created, um, instead of me continuing to want to grow and build my relationship with God, it became more of a looking at the church, at least the one that I grew up in and a more political sense and in a negative way to where I didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember as a kid, my mom and I would fight a lot of times of if I wanted to go or not. And that kind of followed me um, as I grew up. And so sometimes I wish we would have visited a couple of different churches um, to see if there was just a better fit. And we totally like appreciate community and having those people to grow with you. And so I think that's something super important. Um, and we did have, um, but sometimes I wonder, um, like I said, if there were other churches where I would have connected a little bit more, not necessarily with the people, but with the messages, because right. I think the church we were at was pigeonholed to a specific audience that I didn't connect with. And so I think that created um, a negative output of my religious journey. Um, I've come around circle since, but <laughs> um, it created kind of a gap between high school and where I am now um, yeah. to where mm -hmm. this kind of feeds into another negative where when you grow up in the church, that's all you know. And I always, always struggled with my fellow youth group members who came to Christ later in life when they had a God moment or had, you know, that that life-changing moment where they gave their whole life to Jesus and they could mm -hmm. tell you that single mm -hmm. point in their life. And mm -hmm. I had never had that because I was just always in the church mm -hmm. and I just always knew Christ, but I didn't yeah. have a relationship. I don't think because it was just always there. Um, so I think all of those factors kind of related to the gap that I had, but I think going on that journey by myself and letting myself be introduced to that re relationship on my own kind of helped but having that foundation of growing up in the church I wouldn't replace with having a God moment not knowing him my whole life um because it just helped build that relationship because I had my whole life background um to kind of add to that very interesting so side note every no, sorry I was gonna no, say sorry. side note every like other youth like ministry kid ever that I've ever met has had the same including myself has had the same story where it's like you grow up in the church and it's like okay like this is a thing and then like I said every other you know kid that I've met or person that's grown up in the church they pretty much all have had a point in their life where they like walked away and then came back because it was like mm -hmm. 
it, and it's almost like you had to you had to like figure it out for yourself um, yep. and again not that like that background was a bad thing but it, it's from like oh this is something that our family does and this is something that we just do to like this is something I'm choosing um yep. and it's it's like it's a different thing and so I guess like yeah that just is oh. I yeah feel that I'd, yeah, like, same. I'd like to add to that because I think we all get to a certain point where we have our own consciousness and not just kids yep. running around doing whatever and when we start to ask the question why there's this uh friction between the those that have uh brought you up uh in the church and that you shouldn't be asking why or these certain yeah. questions like yeah. this is the way it is because they ha lack an understanding to be able to explain the, these things yeah. that and, reminds me of like, oh go ahead lindy i was gonna say and luckily like i mean i was blessed to have parents that like we're cool with that <laughs> and we're like we're but i know that but i have met people whose parents didn't and we're and we're that like you know the same way that you're talking about mm -hmm. where it's like oh why are you asking that like you yeah. just need to you know believe harder or whatever right. it's like but so, can anybody answer this for me please I, i'm curious what you're gonna say kate i've got something i want to add to that yeah sorry well i just remember no, for, for me um I all as a youth leader confirmation was always a choice i always wanted my teenagers to pick for themselves if they wanted to do confirmation. But I think it was Anna who's like, I don't know if I want to do confirmation. And I'm like, what? No, you're doing confirmation. <laughs> that's that's just what up. we do. I, yeah, I was going to bring yeah. up a moment actually from confirmation. I don't know if you remember mom, but we were supposed to have like an exercise where we're by ourselves writing our faith journey. And, yeah. I, and I cried because I didn't yeah. have, a, like, I could not right. think of a moment where I was like, oh, mm. God was with me here or this mm. and that. And I think that's kind of what I'm working on now is like getting to know God sometimes is when you're old enough to have those lows. Like Austin and I've had such a blessed life where we didn't have many lows growing up. And so we didn't have those struggles mm. to kind of connect and ask the why and ask why is this happening to me and so what I'm kind of getting at now is I've had those and that has connected me to him but remembering to also like be grateful for the highs too like he's not just there for the lows and so I think that's all kind of added to my relationship where I had to have the lows to kind of know who he is and the bringing up that I had not having that many lows but it all adds together with you know, the relationship that I have now. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, as I was here listening to you, all of you, it's interesting because one of the things that I have, I remember distinctly each year when we do the kind of the orientation for upcoming sixth graders, they were joining youth group. I, I would talk to the, I would talk to the parents and the youth and say, you know, that one of the things I loved about youth ministry was that in that six year period from sixth grade to 12th grade, there was this, it was this transition time and transformational time where as sixth graders, you come in as a sixth grader, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, and if you're at an orientation for youth group, then you have been, obviously, um, you come in with your parents' faith. And there's that transition begins to transition in those six years. It, it may not always be complete. It probably isn't complete because it's never complete, as Anna has shared already tonight. But there's this, you begin to own your, that, you begin to own the faith. You take your parents' faith, you, you kind of shape it into your own faith. And so I think what I hear, you know, the, the three of you saying is that, that 
there were there was part of that, but it also there's a there's a risk we run in, in as leaders that we we need to be aware of that. Um, I, I would say having conversations about that with your kids, and 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 being okay that that if you have to make an unorthodox decision about how they develop that faith, if that means they don't do confirmation when you think they should, or that they don't. Um, attend the church you attend or, or whatever it may be that ultimately the your 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 number one goal as a parent is to help guide your 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 child in their faith journey their faith development and so being okay and i think as a as a ministry leader there is a bit of you know if that was to happen it's like well it's kind of like if you work for coke and you're caught drinking pepsi cola you know mm-hmm. well, you know you work mm-hmm. for this church, your kid can't go to another church. That's, that's wrong, you know? And so, you know, being able to, to, to be okay with that, I think can, is, is something we can learn as, as parents of, of kids in ministry. Anything else that you would add, Laura, to, to that little? Well, I was going to ask bar? you all, the kids and the parents, kids sounds funny. Cause I mean, you're obviously not children, but you know, <laughs> um, but what did your parents do that helped you through those faith questions yeah. and, or what do you wish a parent might have done um, that would have been helpful in those times? Yeah. I can go first. Okay. Yeah. Go. I got a good one. Okay. So um, I never felt like I was, so a good thing that they did that was really helpful for me is that I never felt like I was, at least, I don't know, maybe they tried to, but I never felt like I was forced to go to church. Um, like, I think I, there was always like, and I, cause I never, I don't know, I never, at least to my memory, I don't remember ever being like, I don't want to. Um, but I think if I had, I have like, I, I don't, they, I don't think they would have ever forced it. Um, dad, you've always said that, you know, you learned working with teenagers that if you tell a teenager what not to do something, that's the first thing they're going to do. Um, so he would just ask a lot of questions, which like so annoying to me, like as a, you know, as a teenager, I was like, Oh my God. Cause he was like, I'm just going to make you think about this decision. And I'd be like, Oh, why do I have to think about my choices? Um, you know, cause I was annoyed, but like now I'm going to do that with my kids because it like, you know, obviously like it made me listen to myself. So that was super helpful of like, not ever being like, Oh no, you have to go because it didn't ever. Cause I feel like that would, it would have turned it into like a negative thing. Um, and so that was helpful. And then also they were really cool with me like talking to other adults like Mm. there were like Mm. one or two like youth counselors that I remember like that I talked to a lot um and that I knew like wouldn't go and like tell my parents stuff if I had said something to them um which like not that I ever had to like because I was a pretty decent kid right like I never had to tell them like oh I did this really awful thing (laughs) but I knew that if like if I had like you know screwed up like teenagers do and like done something really stupid like I could have gone to them and asked for advice. And I know that that they wouldn't have like betrayed my confidence in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my, both my parents were really good about that and like making sure that I knew I could talk to those people. Like, cause it is, it's weird. Like sometimes you just need to not talk to your parents about stuff, just how right. it is. Um, especially when you're a teenager, cause it's weird. And you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to like, this is strange. So that was two things that I think that they did like never just like feeling like I was forced. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything that I like wish they had done. I don't know. I mean, they did a pretty good job, I guess. <laughs> Bravo. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> we turned out okay. 
<laughs> Do you mind if I go next? Yeah, go for it. Otherwise. <laughs> what? I know you'll forget it otherwise if you don't go now. <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I would say that I, this is the way it makes sense in my head. So if you like a flower, you'll pluck it and keep it for yourself. But if you love a flower, you'll water it every day and let it to allow it to grow. And then I'm going to carry on that little analogy by saying if you have to go away or you're going on vacation, you have someone else water the flower. So our parents did a really good job having faith in God that someone else would water mm us as children of God. We had a lot of mentors through the church and through the Conference Council of Youth Ministry. And um, we, I, I mean, at some point, what youth doesn't resent their parents? So they turn to other people. And as long as you're in a community of trustworthy people, they're going to turn mm -hmm. out all right. Um, and you have two questions, right? What was the if there was something that you wish we would, they would have done, done differently so or that I, would have been so helpful the, with the watering how how our parents would water us is we would have family dinners so like the nowadays kids are just so distracted by technology that they can't sit down and have a normal conversation so how are they going to go off into the real world and have these difficult conversations they're just going to sit in their rooms and mope about it uh, <laughs> So I, I think family dinners, we could ask those difficult questions and, and we would be asked, like, where did God, where did you see God in, in your day or uh, where did he interact or where did you show love to someone else or, or those types of things at a really young age? Um, one thing that I wish that we did more of was honestly sit, did our own small group Bible study at home. Mm -hmm. I think that, that is very important is seeing your parents in the Bible at home because we would do it so much at church and so much at youth group, small group. But then once we would come home, it's kind of like the, this is my, and this is nothing against you is also that um, dad as well, like wanted to see them more in the Bible at home. So it, that's just kind of uh for those that are in the, the field is don't get overwhelmed with the work, still find the love and the passion for it at home as well. Good, good stuff. Good. Yeah. I would second that too. I think that's anything you would add. Yeah. He kind of stole mine a little bit. Um, <laughs> I was going to say like the, our parents set us up to have great mentors. Like they were confident enough in our growth that, they like my mom being with teenagers her whole life knows that sometimes you learn best when it's not from your parent and so mm -hmm. like Austin said we had great mentors to guide us that way um but I think another thing is I mean all three of us were blessed to grow up in the church and to have parents that were well-rooted in their faith and I think just seeing them like outlive their faith is kind of the best learning too. Um, because when you're like, I didn't really ask many questions to my mom about faith. Like, I think we've had a little bit more conversation now that I'm like trying to, you know, grasp it myself, but I've also never been the child to ask for help or anything like, like thought provo provoking questions towards learning. Um, so I think just observing my parents in their faith and Austin as well, like has been the picture of what I should be 
And so I think that's been a blessing to see and to watch and to observe. Um, but yeah, like Austin said, having the good mentors and um, kind of being blessed throughout that and kind of like, I mean, even the youth that we've been around too, like as children to see that and to see, mm-hmm. you know, people you think are so cool when they're 16 and 17, like praying in front of thousands of people. You're like, that's cool. Like, I want to do that. Um, it's been really cool too. And I would like yeah. to clarify from that, um, that pe- representing your faith to someone else, do not only focus on the good. So like those parents should not only be focusing mm. on the good or hiding any of the bad of life from their kids. At some point, yeah. you have to take the bubble wrap off. And when you see that your parent in a difficult situation still turns to God, that proves more faithfulness than just focusing on the good all the time. Yeah. And to the second question, I think something I wish I would have liked to see is probably just like kind of what Austin said, like a debriefing of Sunday morning and just making sure like, because I mean, my parents asked this like after school when I was a kid, like, well, what did you learn today? And the answer was always, I don't know. Mm. (laughs) I did ask you about Sunday school. I, I wouldn't say what you learned in Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, doing that more or like even like when I was old enough to sit in service because like I said, mm-hmm. it was kind of curated for a different audience to make sure mm-hmm. that I was attentive and that I could take something away from it mm-hmm. instead of just being that teenager of, you know, drifting off and not mm-hmm. receiving anything. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I totally, uh, with, the, with the conversations happening, like I... I know that I used to, I like, I well, at least from stories, I know that I apparently asked a lot of really deep theological questions as a small child. Um, <laughs> but um, I like, I think at some point, like I stopped doing that with, with my parents. Like, I don't, and I don't really know why now I'm like, maybe I should start doing that more. And even like now I feel like, like there are definitely people that like, like some of my friends here, you know, the church that we go to here on base, like I definitely have like talked with some of my friends and like, I have a, there's a small group that meets actually at my house. Um, anyways, um, so like, I know, like I, we talk about stuff with them. Like we, one of our like things that we talk about every week that we meet is like, what did you read in scripture? And like, what did you learn from it and stuff? Um, and so like, obviously as a middle schooler, like I was not reading the Bible, like on my own a whole lot, you know? And like, if I was probably was not enough to, for me to be like, I could tell you what I learned from this. <laughs> um, but I think that like, I don't know, for some reason those, and I don't know if it was like, because if it was like me or my parents or like both of us mixed together somehow um or if I just felt like I couldn't like I don't I don't know why um but I think like middle and high school like a lot of that conversation like did it happen um and I think I it would have been cool if it did so yeah that's good like specifically about like specifically about like the bible and like scripture in general not just like because I we had like we had like conversations about like basic faith stuff um because we also got the we also got asked like the you know what did you you know where did you see god today that was a question that also got asked to us at dinner um so uh like we talked about that kind of stuff but like specifically about scripture and the bible i think it would have been cool to have more conversations about that i would um just end with this one thing um too as i listen to you all talk um as a parent, if you are um, in ministry and your kids are with you um, in that ministry, um, I was not mom 
when um, they were with us. In fact, they didn't even call me mom. Um, you would never that's answer. Not, that's, not, that's not her fault. <laughs> yeah, we're not being disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. She would never answer mom. <laughs> um, but they went to other the other adults um, if they had is- issues or, you know, it wasn't, uh, we totally separated yeah, our relationships um, when we were, and, and for them, it was and 60 we had the YM, conversation. But, we, yeah. we didn't just, yeah. Yeah, but we, we had the conversation. So I think, um, yeah. you know, if you're a youth leader and your kids are in youth group with you, and I think that's why you both said, you know, you had so many mentors. It was because um, I, you know, I wasn't exactly your leader or, I don't know. Anyway, well, you weren't, I never, you, you weren't like you were there for the growth. Like you weren't the person. Yeah, I was your leader. I guess not your mom at that time. Well, even if you were in yeah. the the head leader position, to us, you almost came like the assistant, and then we would go to mm-hmm. someone else mm-hmm. and focus mm-hmm. on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah. it speaks very highly of the idea for for leaders out there that 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 old adage that takes a village to raise a child. And, and being okay mm-hmm. to, 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 I think it speaks very highly, you know, first of all, it speaks to the, to the importance of, of, um, of being picky as far as who you have that's mm-hmm. volunteering in youth ministry, because you, not just because it's your kids, but because it's anybody's kids and who you mm-hmm. use as volunteers and their heart and their faith development. They are, you know, that there's, there's that, passage in scripture where paul says you know be holy as i am holy i think some people think of that as paul bragging about himself but it's not it's really paul is just saying basically saying look follow my example you know that that and so fighting folks that if 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 your kids were to follow the example of your volunteers are that going to draw them closer to christ or is that going to you know push them away from christ um is one of those litmus tests that you can think through as you're you're identifying and, and recruiting and, and equipping and training volunteers in your ministry is critically important because oftentimes whether whether it's a ministry kid or any kid uh, there are going to be kids in your youth ministry that that won't remember anything that you did as the as the point person but they're going to remember the impact that their faith how their faith was shaped and formed by those volunteers that that were part of your ministry because mm-hmm. they connected more with them on a personal level and you got to be okay with that yeah. and, and, and celebrate that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that with the like with having different. You said it's being picky about like who volunteers in your youth ministry, and I have never once been a youth leader. But I would imagine also like knowing the youth, the youth like volunteers that I that we had in our youth group, like a mix of different personalities because some kids mm-hmm. like just don't yep. click. Like I said, like my mom was uh like was like was a volunteer and like was with you know went on trips was like as a you know one of the female like volunteers. And so would like stay with us. And like, I can tell you right now, if she had been the only one, it would have been a miserable trip for me because my mother and I are too much alike. Like we would have not worked well together in like a, Gosh, being I can't super wait for close her all the this. time. <laughs> like, well, she knows this, but like, it was, I don't think it would, it would not have gone well. And so like the fact that we had, you know, at least two, we had at least two at all times. I want to say maybe three total. So like I had two other options to go to you know as far as like an adult and like sometimes those personalities just clicked better with mine um and so like i mean that goes for ministry kids but for anybody really like you like you were saying um yep so yeah i guess just having different personalities is good 
Any uh, any last bits of tidbits of information from Laura or Kay or any of you kiddos that, that you want to share before we move to our favorite time of the week? Not I really think this I'd, week. Add, I'd add a tip for any leaders is um, when kids sort of hit that preteen, teenager age, like they're going to wonder the why questions and they're thinking it, whether they're asking it or not. So I think the best time we learned, we had a great... Um, youth group leader with his style of teaching it wasn't a sermon it was like an analyzation of the bible and timelines and things like that that kind of helped our overall um, understanding of the bible but at, like answering the why questions even when they're not asked because people are thinking them and I think sometimes as a teenager you're afraid to ask the why questions because you feel like you're not allowed to or that it's mm. not right to mm -hmm. so just posing those questions anyway because the kids are thinking yeah. that. And, and I think that's one of those things that as a youth leader, it's important to know that part of that not being not being um, intimidated or afraid when youth, whether it's your kids or other kids, when they start having doubts and ask those why questions, it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't mean at all that you are failing as a youth director that they don't know they don't know those questions. It doesn't. And, you know, I can remember having youth in my in, in my youth group that, you know, would that stopped coming for a period of time and said, so I don't, you know, they said, I don't need the church. And I'm like, okay. And then I would ask, we would talk about it. And then, you know, eventually they came back and, and were back and, and had and kind of gotten some, some clarity, I guess, around those questions. And, and they were stronger in their faith because they were allowed to mm -hmm. question and not... Mm -hmm you know, push to, to have a certain answer. So I think that's another thing that can be, can be learned there as well. And I would, one well, of the, um, it, oh, it's okay. exciting uh, to me. It was exciting to have someone question because that, I mean, I, you know, I, more times than not, if you're not questioning then your faith yep. isn't grown. And so yep. being able to question, um, to me means that you're, you know, you're in that process of making, your faith, your own. For every question, go to the Bible, like don't find, leave the church, but uh, go to the Bible for the answers. Yeah. You know, you're not going to come up with the answers yourself. Always look for those answers in the Bible. Yeah. We will say something, Wendy. I was going to say, Kate, yeah, Kate, you mentioned growth. And I was going to say one of the the summer camps um it's called look up lodge great summer camp uh that we went to when i was in youth group um the speaker there one summer and i haven't written down somewhere but i've literally like never forgotten one of the things he or I've, there's a lot of things that i haven't forgotten that he said but one of them um was that doubt doesn't make you a bad christian it makes you a growing christian mm. um and so definitely like space for questions is good because again it gets to that like okay well if you <clears throat> make a especially teenagers because we're like already i say we i'm not anymore but i was like all of the teenagers ever are so self-conscious already. Like if you make them feel bad for asking questions, they're just going to internalize yep. it. And it's going to be this, like, is there something wrong with me? Oh no. And then they're going to never, they're going to never ask yeah. a question ever again, because they're going to be too scared. And well, you, go ahead, Austin. And so if you make those teens or young adults scared to ask those questions, they're going to mm -hmm. go on and make mistakes and then don't, yep be upset with them when they make those mistakes and come back to you and ask to um repent mm -hmm. or anything like that like we know the the parable of the um prodigal son mm -hmm. um and so just to be mindful of that especially in those uh ages 
um, and and what they're going through with rebellious acts. You know, I was thinking about this this idea of ownership and you know owning your faith. And you think about it. I mean, when you when it, and I know most of y'all or all of y'all, I guess at this point, haven't done this, but when you you know when you buy your first home or buy your first car and you're going to own that home or that car, you know you you ask a good thousand questions before you make that purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, so but, but then there's this perception that when it comes to fate, that as we're getting to own that, we can't ask questions. So I think it's just a natural mm-hmm. thing. So that's a fantastic, fascinating conversation. We could probably sit here all night or mm-hmm. day or whenever you listen to this and talk more. But uh, it is a podcast, not a mini series. So <laughs> we're going to wrap up. But it up, could be. But it, it could, could be. be. We could binge. Listen. Yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. should just do. I think we should just do a story time where we yeah. embarrass you guys. <laughs> Tune in to next week's podcast. We don't need Not. you all. We embarrass ourselves. Okay. Oh, yeah. look at look at the look at the time. We got to wrap this puppy up. Oh, I hate that, Wendy. Um, so this week's uh, random fact of the week. Uh, where'd you go? Um, anybody want to guess what the most widely printed book in the world is? The Bible. Nope. The Bible. You should know I'm not going to have a Sunday school answer for this random fact of the week. The most widely printed book in the world is the catalog for IKEA. Ah. IKEA. IKEA. IKEA? Is that considered a book? Uh, That's according to this website. Goodness. Also, I would like to know, Google Queen, uh, if they actually still print a. Uh, IKEA, according to this, IKEA has over 200 million copies of its catalog circulated annually. This surpasses the change? this surpasses the amount of printing that Christian Bible has. Well, there you go. This is suspicious. What? I would like to argue what constitutes a book because I feel like it's yeah. mostly pictures. Which See, well, is, I guess graphic novels. I don't no, know I, though. I want y'all I to know. I consider it a book. I want y'all to know That's this is I'm the saying. kind of crap I dealt with when she was growing up. Okay, it was she's going to question? <laughs> I'm, she's gonna I'm question, with Wendy. Me too. Well, that seems it, suspicious. You guys read some pretty big okay. books then, because I have some pamphlets with staples I hate to read. So <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, 200 million. How many people are in the world? Okay, good. Oh my, it, it says time to wrap the podcast up. Case yawning. Case yawning. That's the alarm. <laughs> time to wrap. Time to wrap it up again. Wrap it up, people. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Kate, in case you've forgotten, this is the random fight of the week. Just want to make sure you're aware. Thanks for the reminder. We have discussed one. Yeah. (laughs) Check that out. How many people are in the world? Google that, Kate. How many people are in the world? Seven billion. Seven billion? Also, is it the same? billion? Like, wow. We're snoozing, Austin. You missed a billion. Huh? What? Does the catalog not change? That's my question. So no, they the do. It's still on the catalog. It says it says <laughs> annually. This is oh, there's That's seven. Oh, it is eight. So eight, eight billion. Five. <laughs> so that's only. I was it. thinking, what percentage of the population of the world is so for basically every? There's one catalog for every forty people in the world. No, I don't no. know. That's that that too much math. I just find that hard to believe. That's, it's forty, awesome. One, That's too many. There is not enough people. I don't have it. I don't have a catalog. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I know we're not forty people here, but does anybody here have an IKEA catalog? No, yeah, I think this is all the information. What's a catalog? Can they, 
Yeah, thank you, Austin. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who, who uses those anymore. Uh, you use it with the phone book. The yellow got, pages. Phone book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, is it, it's got to be different because like the Ikea in Japan is different than like they have different stuff than the one in the U.S. So mm, they do. That's one, or... Well, that's why there's 200 million friends. That's too many. I have no idea. They don't need anyway. that many. Nobody, not that many people are going to IKEA. We're gonna call <laughs> IKEA and let them know just to put it online. Be like, and they can save a lot of money. We, we were talking because people want to check the cinnamon cinnabon <laughs> prices and the, and the Swedish fish. Yeah, we were wondering. We we want to challenge the, the cultivating ministry podcast is hereby officially declaring officially declaring a a um a, a grievance with IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, okay, well, hopefully all my furniture some, is IKEA. That's right. Hopefully that's been some helpful conversation for you as um as you've listened. <laughs> if you've got kids in ministry, um awesome. Um we we'll be you, praying for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um and we'll be praying for, for, we'll be more praying for, for you and your kids. I'm gonna say we'll be praying more for your kids. Um <laughs> if you don't and you may have maybe some down time down the road that'll happen and this will be helpful for you. Uh, I, I learned a lot tonight, and so I appreciate um, Anna and Austin and Lindy for joining us, and um, we hope it's been helpful. Be sure to check out our website if we can help you in any way at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-C-I-V, the number eight, group.org. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.